is the Dan Grasso Show. The biggest sporting event that you have the most regret over missing because of something else you had going on in your life. For me, go back to 1999. NLDS, Mets Diamondbacks. Game four, Shea Stadium on that Saturday. Mets could clinch. How do I miss this game? This is a playoff game. So this was still like the VHS days to where if you wanted to record something, you had to get the old blank tape, you had to put it in the VHS or in the VCR, you had to set the timer and record the game. That's what I did. Go into my room, I watch the game. Have no idea the outcome. Sitting there watching it from the start. And now I'm like three plus hours in, and then the game goes into extra innings. All of a sudden, my tape stops because I didn't set the recorder for a lot of additional extra time. I ran out of tape. This is the Dan Grasso Show. Harvey, you got one of those? And and don't make it a soccer game that like nobody else in America saw. Like, do you have any other one that maybe people can relate to? No. No. He just Joe, took, what he about just you? took me out. How dare you? <laughs> I just took you out. <laughs> On 98.7 ESPN. I ran out of tape. True story. I ran out of tape. I remember if you had the good ones, you set it on like the longest play possible you get six hours out of that bad boy i think that's that's what it maxed out as six hours right but then the old like wives tale was like if you set it on those longer settings to where like you get the most tape the quality of the recording was bad see i'm speaking like a foreign language now to young people who have no idea what i'm talking about if you're not of a certain age and you don't know what vcrs were in vhs tapes you know you could record up to like six hours if you set it on the longest setting they said that the quality of your record was not going to look as good but if you did like the two hour version yeah you lost a lot more tape and you know time of things you could record but supposedly the quality was better i always opted for the more tape because who had the the money the time back then to just com- continue to go out there and just buy blank tapes and all the no you, you didn't do that then you know you had to work with what you had then you'd have to like tape over things right oh boy we had it good we had it good back in the day, right? Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN on this Saturday. It's been a fun one. We got 60 more minutes to play with. Then we turn things over to Anita, 800-919-3776. At Dan Grasa, G-R-A-C-A is where you can get me on the old X. Yes, we've been talking about sporting events that, you know, you regret missing live over the years just for, you know, whatever type of circumstances cropped up in your day in and day out. We will get to some other things, though, too, and we will continue that conversation, but the Mets, you know, spring training going on, and the Mets today are going to be taking on the Miami Marlins. Yankees will be taking on the Orioles. Neither one of those games is on New York television. However, if you have the fancy-schmancy MLB network, you can watch the Yankees today. So Yankees-Orioles at 1 o'clock on the good old MLB network. So check it out there if you so have it. Mets, who are already down Kodai Senga for an undetermined amount of time. We, we still have no idea. I mean, he's not going to be ready for opening day. Will we see him in the month of April at all? Who the heck knows? But already a high-profile injury. And now, and I don't want to alarm anybody, but after all, this is the Mets, unfortunately. And if it can go wrong, it will go wrong. This is the first-year skipper Carlos Mendoza addressing the media a little while ago down there in Florida about another ailment to another player that has since cropped up. Take a listen. McNeil, he is dealing with left bicep. That came up a couple of days ago after our live at-bats. He went in the cages and felt something uh, with his swing. So we don't think it's anything serious. Just shut down for a couple of days from throwing. He's doing fielding drills and all that. We'll reassess and see where he's at after the off day on Monday. 
Mets don't consider it anything serious, which means Jeff McNeil will see you in July. Right? That's generally how it goes. Like, tell me a Mets fan that doesn't hear that right now and thinks, all right, well, you can forget about a batting title. And the thing about McNeil is if, if you go back and you check his career up until this point, Jeff McNeil is like the, the proverbial, like, good year, bad year guy. Like, that, that's how he is for some reason. Like, he has a great season. Like, remember, two years ago, he won a batting title, all-star. Last year, you know, he was just okay. And he was fighting it for a lot of the season. This was supposed to be one of those years again where he bounces back and he, he, he's an all-star again. Hits over 300. And now he's dealing with bicep stuff. You can't, you, you can't make it up. You really and truly cannot make it up. Uh, in case you're just joining us, we also talked about earlier Jeremy Fowler of ESPN reporting that the Giants are going to cut Mark Lewinsky, release him. It's going to save about $5 million in change. Mark Lewinsky. On the salary cap, just to give him a little bit more flexibility and, you know, look, however they decide to spend that money, we know that the Giants have some holes to fill. They need to go out there and get themselves a number one wide receiver for whoever the heck the quarterback is going to be. And right now there's no reason to believe that week one it's not going to be Daniel Jones. Interestingly enough, did you guys see yesterday the report that came out that Tampa Bay is not going to, or maybe it's more on the player, but Mike Evans is not going to re-sign with Tampa Bay before free agency. Like, he is going to go out there and test the market. Now, Giants need themselves a number one wide receiver. The Jets need another wide receiver opposite Garrett Wilson to scare the heck out of opposing defenses and to make Aaron Rodgers' life a little bit easier. I would certainly advocate for both the Jets and the Giants to see if they could get their hands on a Mike Evans because even though he's been in the league for a decade, the guy is still extremely productive, and he would be that guy. The only problem is right now, would he make a heck of a lot of sense for the Giants because if Daniel Jones is going to be the quarterback, you know, I don't think downfield passing game and vertical threat like with this offense for the Giants. Now, maybe that's bound to change. I think it has to change the way the NFL is situated right now, but do you have the right guy to be able to pilot that type of a scheme and to run that type of an offense? I don't know. You know, that's because the jury is still out on Daniel Jones all these years later. Coming off of the injury, I don't know where he's going to be, but Jones has never been that guy. Now, in fairness, Jones has also never had that number one target, that game breaker, the guy who's going to take the top off of a defense and who's going to scare opposing units. Mike Evans could be that guy, but... Mike Evans also is somebody at this stage of his career that needs to have some help around him. You know, teams can't be double-teaming Mike Evans, and then you got nobody else to be able to help you. And that's why, look, if Saquon Barkley is going to be back with this football team, and the jury is still out, I have no idea. You know, the Giants say they'd like to have him back, but at the end of the day, money is going to talk. You know, if we get to March 11th and Saquon engages in negotiations with another team and they decide to offer him a heck of a lot more than the Giants were willing to be able to meet, well, then he's going to be an ex-Giant. But I think it helps each particular area of this offense. Because if you do get that wide receiver and Barkley's back, well, now that's going to open up possibly some running lanes for Saquon Barkley if you have a vertical threat. Teams aren't going to be stacking the box to try to slow down Saquon, which is essentially everything that he's experienced so far since coming into the NFL. Somehow, some way. The Giants need to get their hands on that vertical threat. And I don't look, I don't know what they're going to do in the draft. None of us do. But they've got a lot of draft capital right now. 
right? They've got some things to work with. They've got three of the top 47 picks in this draft. To me, if you stand pat, those have to be three week one starters. I've said this before. Three guys who are in your lineup week one in September. Because I don't think that's asking for too much. Six, 39, and 47. Those should be impact players. Now, you could package some of them. Like, there's, you know, obviously the possibility exists that you could package some of those picks and move up even from six if they're dead set on one of these quarterbacks. I personally don't love any of these guys this year. Right now, I and look, I'm sure one of them is going to emerge from the pack and be a pretty damn good quarterback, maybe a franchise quarterback in the NFL. I don't know who that's going to be. But right now, if you're a Giant fan and I gave you that option, okay, you're sitting there at number six. But if I told you you could take 39 and 47 and trade those to whoever, picking second, picking third, to move up and take one of these quarterbacks, would you do it? If you do, you better believe and have the strongest conviction possible that the guy you're going up to get better lead you to Super Bowl glory. Because that's the only way I'm doing it. Ernie, of course, he did that once upon a time with Eli Manning in 2004. And we know how that worked out. Worked out great. Right? But are one of these guys Eli Manning? Are we going to have a two-time Super Bowl? Hell, I'll take one time. You know, Are we going to have a Super Bowl-winning quarterback out of this group of QBs in this draft that are going to be off the board somewhere in the top three? Caleb Williams, that guy? Jaden Daniels, that guy? Drake May, that guy? Drake May and Eli Manning are buddies, but does that mean he's going to be able to lead a team to a Super Bowl? I have no idea. None. Because if you remember back in the day, and, and, and that – might only be the cost of doing business, believe it or not. Because remember in 2018 when the Jets moved up to get Sam Darnold? Jets were sitting there at number six originally. And if I'm not mistaken, that trade was done on St. Patrick's Day. It was a weekend. It was a Saturday. So, like, you know, this kind of time of year. Jets were sixth, move up to number three with Indianapolis, made the trade, and the Jets gave up three second-round picks to move up three spots in the draft to get Darnold. He was the guy they wanted. He was going to be there. Giants did him a favor taking Barkley, and they got Darnold. Now, look, it didn't work out for various reasons. We all know that, but they had conviction. They went up and made the move. So the Giants, it's probably going to take you those two second-round picks, maybe, and then some, to move up three spots. Would you do it? Me personally? knowing that I'm not one player away? I mean, hell, you go draft a rookie quarterback. Is it really going to make all that difference, given the fact that you have so many holes on offense to begin with? It's not going to happen overnight. It's not going to be a C.J. Stroud situation where you just plug him into a horrible team like Houston and somehow, some way, it clicks in year one. I don't think that's going to happen. I would rather take my chances and draft three, hopefully, impact players with three of the top 47 picks. But I'm not Joe Shane. I don't have to make those decisions. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. 
Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Now, full disclosure, okay? Full disclosure. Full show this morning. We had the full show on Friday. So, Harvey, you've been around this game for a while. When we have the full show, what do we do to lead off the final hour? Normally we do Grasa Us. Normally we do Grasa Us. Grasa Us. Exactly. So we've already led off the final hour, and yet there was no Grasa Us. Well, why? Why why no Grasa Us? I I mean, people are sitting there probably outraged right now. And because I'm a man of my word, I'm not trying to hide from anything. Last night, I actually said on the show, you're going to get a fresh Grasa Us today, even though you had a quick turnaround. Right. We gave you an episode last night and then less than 12 hours later, we're right back on the air. And I said, you will get a fresh one today. Well, funny thing happened along the way. I don't want this to be stale. Okay, I'm not going to try to swindle you out of your listening enjoyment. That's not what I'm about. That's not why you listen to the show. That's not why you keep coming back. We don't try to hoodwink anybody. Right. We're honest. Fact of the matter is, by the time we said goodnight last night at 9 o'clock, okay, to when we turned on the mic this morning at 9 a.m., there really wasn't a hell of a lot happening, you know? And we don't want to regurgitate sound that you heard back on Monday, Tuesday, when, you know, earlier in the week. Like, why are we doing that? It's not a greatest hits package, you know? You've already heard that stuff. So if there's nothing fresh happening, I'm not going to sit there and try to recycle the same old, same old. So that's why we didn't do the Grasas today. And this is something that now as we get our feet wet here with the Saturday show being back, we're going to have to evaluate it on a case-by-case basis. I'm sure that as things start heating up again, like once we have, you know, the, the playoffs or the NCAA tournament, there's, you know, a little bit more newsy things happening, for example, on those Friday nights. Then we might still be able to do the Friday, Saturday, two fresh episodes. You get, you get my drift, Harv? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You get it, right? My only question, just to stir, stir the pot, is do we call you a liar for saying what you said? No. No, those, my intentions were pure. Look, I'm not, I'm not some politician who's running for office and I promised one thing and now I'm giving you something else. That's not what I'm doing because I'm going to come right out and acknowledge my intention is still to give you a fresh episode. That's not true. <laughs> it's very true. <laughs> so you know what? Next Saturday, we might be able to do it. If there is enough material that is floating around, fresh sound, which really enhances the Grasa Us segment, then we'll make it happen. Or as a matter of fact, how about this? I think next Friday, 
I don't even think we have a full uninterrupted vehicle because I think we have a game on our air next Friday. So I think our show Friday might only be an hour. So there'll be no Grasas on Friday, which means definitely, definitely you will have one on Saturday. How about that? I'm excited. Okay. I'm thrilled. But we're, hey, we aim to please, but I'm not going to sit here and hide from promises made. The intention was to go out there and deliver. It just didn't work out this way. And really, it was out of my hands. We're not just going to make things up. We can't do that. 800-919-3776. Nick and Babylon's up next here on 98.7. Nick, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm doing well. How about yourself? Good, Nick. What's going on? Uh, so in the last hour, you discussed the Giants and how they could possibly trade up three spots to get to the third pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking with those two second, the two second round picks. What if you traded those to get a first, a late first round pick, and possibly swing for the fences, pick up like Michael Penix Jr. Because I'm assuming if you keep the sixth overall pick, you're going wide receiver. You're probably going to go with Rome Aduzier out of Washington. So if you get the wide receiver quarterback combo, they already have the built-in rapport. Not only that, Penix could sit behind Daniel Jones for a year. So what you're saying is instead of taking three shots with three, with three of the top 47, package the two seconds and move back into late first round to get the quarterback perhaps. Correct. Not awful. Not awful. I, I don't hate – and Nick, thanks a lot for the phone call. Look, here's – here is the bottom line when it comes to quarterbacks with the draft. All right? It's hit or miss, obviously. But quarterback more so than any other position, if you have conviction, if you believe deep down all the work, the scouting, the interviews, the pouring over hours of game tape, you know, meeting with your scouts and your personnel staff, if you believe that he is indeed the guy, that is going to magically transform your organization and lead you to greater glory, you make the move to go up and get them. Whether it's in the first round, second round, you do it. Because that's how important the quarterback is. But I don't know how the Giants feel about these guys. Now, here's the thing about Michael Penix. He's got a, he's got a history. All right, He's got two ACLs. That's a lot. You know, it's one of the reasons why he's probably not going top five is that there are some clubs out there that look at the medicals and they say, oh, you know, I've, he might take one awkward step on one of these shoddy fields and shoddy turfs in the NFL. And then what if he has another injury and then he's no good? Now, now he's never going to be the same player again. Funny thing about Michael Penix is his stock might be higher right now if Washington lost that playoff game to Texas. And what I mean by that is he had a rough go of it in the national championship game against Michigan, right? And a lot of people saw that and think that he got exposed a little bit. And NFL coaches are going to go to school on that tape, and maybe that is the Michael Penix you're going to see more often than not in the NFL. But the game against Texas, he was outstanding. And if they lost like a heartbreaker in the last couple of seconds, because that was a back-and-forth game, if Texas somehow stole that game and that was the last college game that Michael Penix played, you would have felt great about him because he was unbelievable that night. And then they go play Michigan, and it's like, oh, interesting. Brian in Long Island is up next here on 98.7. Hello, Brian. How are you? Hey, Dan. How you doing? What's up, Brian? 
Thanks. I appreciate, I appreciate your work with the Knicks Rangers are on the station. So thank you. Thanks, Brian. Um, so I, I wanted to piggyback on that earlier caller from the last hour about um, mm-hmm. a lucky get it to the game as opposed yeah. to missing a game. So it was uh, 1989. I was in the summer after my senior year of high school. I get a call from my friend, my best friend. He's mm-hmm. in the bank. And some guy just gave away two free tickets to the Yankees with stadium club passes. So, Stadium club time, was a big deal I, in the old place, by the way. You had those stadium club passes? Oh, look out. That was living. Well, well, sort of, but, but we learned that. Anyway, um, <laughs> so so I, at the time I had one of those paper routes, uh, the penny saver, where you had yeah. to, like, you know, bundle the papers, so – I asked my mom, like, Mom, I'll, I'll do it when I get home. Can I just please go to the game? She said, sure. So we had the stadium with passes. We dressed up in sport coats. We were ready to go. And then we get there, and the seats were great. They were box seats. But then we get to the stadium club, and we found out the passes just got us into the place where they charge, like, yeah. extremely expensive prices <laughs> for food and drinks. <laughs> so. I remember, Right. That was – you got in, right? And then yeah. you're like, oh, hey, it's like you're, you're dining amongst kings. But it's like, no, then you got to still foot the bill if you want to eat anything in there. Exactly. And, you're, and you said what? You're in high school at that point? Uh, senior year after high school. I was getting ready to go to college. Yeah, so, so, so just a, getting ready. Exactly. So you didn't exactly have, you know, the blank checkbook or the credit cards or anything like that to really <laughs> yeah. drive up a big uh, king's ransom. So we, we, we just got back to our seats and we watched the game. But then here's, here's uh, the best part. So this mm-hmm. was the year um, that uh, Winfield mm-hmm. was um, traded to the uh, Angels. And he was, like, one of our favorite players. Mm-hmm. So we stuck it out to the end. And then, you know, we had great seats. And at the end, when the people were walking off, like, Winnie, Winnie. And he turned, looked right at us, and waved and gave us a smile. And that just, that just made the whole night right there. So, so the fact that uh, Winfield acknowledged you, you toughed it out, the stadium club, but you got to see your guy, and so it was all yep. worth it. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. That's good. So. Yeah, th- that's cool. That, that that's a good one, Brian. And, and I thank you for the phone call. That's a good memory. Ninety was when Winfield got traded to the Angels. So right there, eighty nine, ninety, same same type of deal there. But that's that that's what it. Look, if you have that memory that you could take with you for years and years and years, and what this is what ten to you know almost thirty five years later, it was worth it. It was all worth it. It's a good call. Eight hundred nine one nine three seven seven six. We haven't talked to any Jets yet today, right? What could their plans be? with free agency upon us, combine stuff going on. We'll talk about that. And as far as baseball free agency is concerned, I don't know if you guys saw this because it happened late last night, probably when you were sleeping. One of the so-called big free agents still out on the market has a home, has a team. Will the others now start to come off the board as well? Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Talking about baseball injuries, and if you're just joining us, Jeff McNeil shut down for a couple of days per Carlos Mendoza's dealing with some bicep 
soreness. But remember one of the trades made in the offseason, the Red Sox, they unloaded Chris Sale to the Atlanta Braves. And Chris Sale probably won the Cy Young this year just because he's with the Atlanta Braves. And in exchange, Boston got back Vaughn Grissom, who's a young infielder, maybe not as much known for the glove, but he's got some pop. Uh, I thought he was going to be an everyday player for the Braves. It just never came to be. But the Braves just have an abundance of talent on that team, so he can never really find his place. So he goes to Boston. Now, per Alex Cora, Vaughn Grissom suffered a groin injury. He's been shut down, may not be ready for opening day. So Yankee fans aren't going to shed too many tears over that. But the Red Sox just can't get out of their own way. They really and truly can't. Like, what has happened to Boston? Well, But as I said, um, last night, one of the big Scott Boris clients that was still out there on the open market found a home, namely Matt Chapman. He signs with the San Francisco Giants, three-year deal, $54 million, much like the Cody Bellinger contract that he signed earlier in the week with the Cubs. It includes opt-outs after the first two years. So it's essentially a one-year deal. And that's what these Boris guys now have to settle for because they're not getting the days of the six, seven, eight-year deal for some of the – it's not happening any longer. Baseball teams and executives are way too smart to invest in major money and years for guys who are going to probably give you diminishing returns towards the end of those contracts. So he's got the two opt-outs. He'll go to San Francisco. He'll play third base. Here's the problem with the Giants, though. Like, If you ask me right now, the Giants probably need arms more so than another bat because, remember, they made the trade for Robbie Ray, former Cy Young winner, tight pants, that guy. He's coming back from Tommy John surgery. You're not going to see him until after the All-Star break. Alex Cobb, another one of their starters, probably won't see him until June. So those are two guys that you're going to have to find innings for. I I thought the pitcher, if you were going to spend that kind of money, would be a wiser investment for them, but they went with the third baseman. Here's what you're getting with, with Matt Chapman. You know, he'll give you some pop, he'll hit 220, and he'll play gold glove defense. But will he be able to hit in San Francisco? That's why a lot of these guys, like J.D. Martinez, turned down $14 million, even to go for $15 million, whatever it was, to go sign with the Giants, because that is not a hitter-friendly ballpark. It just isn't. But if you're Chapman, you know, your glove also va- factors into this thing pretty significantly. So we'll see what happens with some of these other free agents. You know, are they going to start to move now? Are they going to make concessions? Are they going to have to settle for one of these deals that has a bunch of opt-outs in it, whether it's Snell, Montgomery, J.D. Martinez? I think J.D. Martinez would be an absolute perfect fit for the Mets. Perfect. Give him a two-year deal. I don't think the production is going to dry up, even though he's, what, 36 years old? or what? I still think he's got another a couple of good years in that bat still. Make him your DH. You don't know what the future is going to be like for Pete Alonso. You stick him behind Alonso in the batting order right now. I think that helps their chances significantly because, let's be honest, with the uncertainty in this Mets starting rotation, they're going to have to club teams this year if they want to win games. You know, they're going to have to go out there and put up a bunch of runs. And I think if this lineup does stay healthy, they could be able to do some damage. Shorten the game. You got Diaz returning now in the back end. That's going to be the Mets formula. I don't think that you're going to look at starting pitching and say, oh, that's going to be the strength. Not even close. And I know that, yeah, it's important and you'd like to have it, but as we've seen in baseball in recent years, you don't have to have like a dime. You don't have to have the Atlanta Braves from back in the day starting rotation to go uh, win a division and, and play deep into October. Not with bullpenning and not the way these teams go about, you know, stacking their pitching staffs nowadays. Last year, the two teams that were in the World Series 
the Arizona Diamondbacks and the Texas Rangers, they had the 18th and the 20th best starting pitching ERAs in the regular season. So that's bottom half in Major League Baseball. Jose is in Brooklyn. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jose, how are you? Good morning, Mr. Graza. Shout out to the company. And I definitely, you know, had, you know, wanted to chat because, you know, it's our favorite time of the year. You know, we get the Underwear Olympics and, you know, the the Wonderlick test and, you know, people, you know, and then, you know, you know, you know, the typical games that get get played where, you know, we try to sabotage, you know, one kid just to, you know, propel the other kid and, you know, all of those, all of those fun stuff, you know, and I, and I can't wait. And, you know, and as a person that, you know, watch the draft, because I don't know if I enjoy watching the draft more or actually even watching the football games. That's how crazy of a sports fan I became. Because, you know, the draft is, you know, very fun and compelling. And, you know, ever since the Jets drafted Dwayne Robinson, I realized what a draft bus was. But um... <laughs> <laughs> Tra- And by the way, Jose, trade it up to get Dwayne yeah. Robertson, by the way. Trade yeah. it up. And he was supposed mm-hmm. to be, you know, remember, he was supposed to be like the next Warren Sapp and Booker McFarlane combined. Correct. You know, because he, he had the big body and the speed and all of this. And the dude couldn't keep his helmet on for, you know, yeah. mo- mo- most of his career. But, um, you know, so it's, you know, one of those things. And I know you say it's a crapshoot. And, you know, there's some times where I'm just like, uh, but you know what? It, it, it kind of is because, you know, what, you know, when we think of like, you know, the two star, three star, you know, caliber, you know, athletes, those are the ones that end up end up becoming NFL pros, not the usual five star, four star ones. So it kinda, you know, does make sense in that type of respect. It's just more of with Mr. Joe Douglas's draft record. Now I'm not a person that believes in the nonsense of you can't draft you can't trust him to draft a quarterback because he messed up on Zach Wilson. You know, the 49ers didn't drop, follow that logic. They ended up getting Brock Purdy, and it ended up working out for them. Um, you know, I'm not with, you know, all of those things. So what is Joe Douglas going to do? Because it's not the fact that I don't trust him drafting the quarterback. It's more of this offensive line situation right. where you had all these picks where, I'm sorry, like, you know, if you drafted a diamond in the rough, Max Mitchell or Carter Warren could have been NFL starters if they were diamonds in the rough. So where is the evaluation and uh, where where am I supposed to have this hope as a Jet fan where he can possibly, you know, actually hit a home run and draft a couple of, you know, AVTs that don't get injured and, you know, well, Jose, we can actually I, say that. Jose, here's the thing, and, and I thank you for the I phone call. Um, I don't th- – just because you haven't had the luck that you need. And look, say, say what you want about Joe Douglas. He's tried, you know. He's invested a lot in the offensive line, but by hook or by crook, it just hasn't worked out, whether it's injuries, you name it. But there have been first-round draft choices. There's been free agent signings. You know, one time or another last year, the Jets had four former first-round picks on their offensive line. Now, they weren't all playing at the same time just because it was, you know, for guys in and out of the lineup with injuries and so on and so forth, but they've tried. But there is some luck involved to it here. Now, I don't think that that should preclude you from going out there and taking another stab at it. You have to. Because that is a glaring need. on it's, it's the number one need on this football team. Here's the thing about the Jets and their draft plans right now, at least as far as 10 is concerned. Let's see what happens in free agency. Now, as far as the, the open market right now, 
there's probably a better lot of guards, interior offensive linemen available in free agency than there are tackles, at least in terms of guys that you would give significant dollars to. You know, you're not going to overpay at a position. So, yeah, some guy might be free agent tackle, but if he's not worth it, you're not going to give him that kind of money. So then you look to yourself, all right, do you call up another team and trade for a starting tackle? Or do you wait until the draft rolls around? This is a very, very rich draft as far as tackles are concerned, right? There might be eight tackles that come off the board in the first round, which would set a record this year. That's how deep it is. So you need offensive line help. You need playmakers on offense. You know, we were talking about it the other day. Mel Kuyper Jr. in his latest mock has the Jets at 10, not taking an offensive lineman, taking Brock Bowers, the tight end from Georgia. But Brock Bowers is a guy, he's not, you know, the old like Mark Bavaro tight end. He's a dude who's more of a pass catcher. Okay? You put him in the slot. You could even split him out wide. Red zone target, mismatches for the defense, very fast. He can outrun linebackers, yards after the catch. Wouldn't mind adding that guy to the offense. You don't think Aaron Rodgers wouldn't mind that? But I think a lot of it is going to be dictated by what they do in free agency, which gets underway here in about 10 days. If they fill some of those other needs that way, then maybe it gives you flexibility to go and address a different position. Also, let's not forget about this with the Jets. They don't have a second-round pick this year. They lost that in the Aaron Rodgers trade to Green Bay. Would it really shock you, given the quality of tackle that you have in this draft? If maybe And Joe is no stranger to trading down, stockpiling picks. If you move down a few spots in the first round, if another team wants to come up and take one of these quarterbacks, Jets aren't taking a quarterback in the first round. If somebody wants to do business with you, you move back a few slots in the first round, you recoup that second-round pick that you didn't have, and you could still maybe take your tackle in the first round and then use that second-round pick to bring in a playmaker on offense. I don't think that's the worst plan of attack, if you're asking me as to how to go about building this thing. 800-919-3776, Carl's in Queens. He's up next here, 98.7 ESPN. Hello, Carl. How are you? What's going on, Dan? Hey, who's uh, who's doing the Ranger game tonight on radio? Donnie's calling the game tonight. Is it? Is it? Nice. Um, can we please tell uh, Matt Rempe to stay away from Reeves at all costs? Why? There's no reason, Dan. Can, can I'm, we, with please? I, I, I'm with you. See, that's I, I the thing. Reeves. No, go ahead. Reeves talked about um, the Rangers. I just scrolled through uh, Twitter earlier, but um, I maybe he. I, I'm hoping he's like you know this kid just fought four or five times. You know, leave him alone. Maybe just have a good game. Well, you saw what happened in the Columbus game over the weekend, and, and, and that was not a pretty sight. I mean, he 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 got he got a wake up call that day. Here's the thing about Rempe. You can say no. Okay, I know guys and the veterans especially, right. they hear all the talk about this young uh, hotshot kid who just got up here and he's 6'7 and he's tough and he can handle himself. You know what? I don't care if somebody comes over and challenges you during the pregame skate. If it's not warranted, say no. You don't have to engage in this guy because, you know what, then you're not doing yourself or your team any good. And that's what, that's what he's going to have to learn as a young player. Um, Carl, they're having these and conversations with him respect, behind man. the scenes. Yeah, you got You don't have to drop the gloves every single time somebody wants to challenge you. No. Yeah, no, no, no. He and like I said, he earned his respect already. Let's play. Let's. I want to see more of him actually playing. But um, I had a quick. Uh, do you have any updates on Bryce Huff? Nothing. Still, still no. He's going. No, I mean, I, look. I I know that there's been preliminary conversations, 
And see, here's the interesting thing about the Bryce Huff situation. And thanks for checking in, Carl. I appreciate it. The the increase now in the salary cap, which you know caught a lot of us by surprise. That's an extra thirty million bucks the teams have to play with. Does that now sweeten the pot of whatever potential offer that the Jets are going to make to Bryce Huff? They're not going to franchise him. So can they get something done between now and March 11th when the free agency period begins? Still too close to call at this point. I, right now, if you're asking me on, on you know March the 2nd, I still would be surprised if Bryce Huff is back as a Jet. Only because I think that when they put this whole plan in place, one of the reasons they went ahead and drafted Will McDonald in the first round last year is because they knew that after this after this past season that Carl Lawson was going to be gone, which he is, and more likely than not, Bryce Huff was going to be gone. And you had Jermaine Johnson, who has now blossomed into a Pro Bowl caliber player, and they hope Will McDonald takes the same leap between year one and year two that Jermaine Johnson did last year. And these two are going to be your bookends. Now, look, I would love to have Bryce Huff back. Don't get me wrong. We know he's a really, really good player. But he plays a premium position, which commands a lot of money on the open market in the NFL, as you know. Pass rushers right now might be number – I mean, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but, like, behind quarterbacks, pass rushers might be number two in the entire NFL. It's coveted. And if he's only playing – 45% of the defensive snaps for the Jets, there might be another team out there who runs a different scheme that's going to overlook whatever deficiencies Bryce Huff might have as far as playing the run and being an every-down player and say, we think he is an every-down player, player in our scheme, and we're going to pay him like it. And then the Jets aren't going to get in the bidding war because they have other holes to fill, especially on the offensive side of the ball. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. You know, we talked about it at the beginning of the show. I, I think only one of the three locals is going to be part of the postseason this year in the NHL, and I think obviously, obviously it's the Rangers. I, I think the other two are missing out. The Devils last night, I mean, again, shooting themselves in the foot in Anaheim. Um, I, I can't take you seriously if you're going to lose two games to, to the Ducks this season. And, you know, to play as sloppy as they did again last night against a bad Ducks team. This is, we keep saying when, when, when. And I know they have injuries and everything, but they're, they're not making the playoffs. They're not. Um, so you got that as far as our programming is concerned. Yankees-Orioles today, 1 o'clock. You can watch that game on MLB Network in the tri-state area. Mets-Marlins, uh, I don't believe that is on TV. Nets and Hawks at 3 p.m. No Ben Simmons. Where have you heard that one before? But he is going to sit that one out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Breaking news, Ben Simmons not playing for the Nets. It's going to be breaking news if he even plays. Um, so that's 3 o'clock, the battle for the 10th spot in the Eastern Conference, Rangers-Isles, and then our MLS fans, like Harvey, Red Bulls in Houston, that's an 8.30, NYCFC at St. Louis at 8.30. How long has the St. Louis team been in existence? Second year. And they're called St. Louis City. Yeah, not much creativity with that one. Yeah, I don't what, – what, like, we know St. Louis is a city. Do they have to attach it to the name of the team? Uh, They don't have to. They could just be like, you know, Austin FC, Cincinnati FC. Yeah, do that. FC Dallas. Because when I saw the St. Louis, like, my first reaction was to say it was Salt Lake City. Real they have Salt that, Lake. right? Real Salt Lake is their name. Real Salt Lake. Yep. That's, that's at least something. Well, they, they should do Real St. Louis. 
It's better than St. Louis City. Or Sporting Kansas City. That's, or, that's okay. Right. So Kansas City's got a team. St. Louis has a team. Wow. This soccer thing is pretty popular, huh? Yeah, it's taking. It's going to be popular in the summer. Wow. That's right. Copa. I'll be there. And Euro, right? But the Euro's not the here. The Euros are in Germany, but I'll be popping too. I'm, I'm into the Euro. I'm all oh, into the Euro. so good. Love the Euro. Uh, let's try to squeeze in a couple of calls here before we say goodbye. Kevin in Jersey up next. Hello, Kevin. How are you? Hey, Dan. How's it going? Great to talk hey, to Kev. you. Hey, Kev. So uh, I know before you were talking to uh, asking callers about uh, big sporting events they missed because of a prior engagement or something yeah. else came up. I, uh, I think I have a pretty bad one. Um, so I'm actually a diehard Mets fan, um, but this actually involves the Yankees, believe it or not. So this flashback to 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad had three tickets to take uh, me and my brother, who was also a Yankees fan, my dad Yankees fan to the Yankees Expos game in 1999. And um, we were getting ready to go. Uh, about a week before, for whatever reason, we had to switch my younger sister's birthday party to that day. So we ended up having to give away our, our tickets. And if you recall, in June or July 1999, Yankees Expos, that just happened to be David Cohn's perfect game. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Missed out on a uh, perfect game opportunity because, for whatever reason, my dad, the diehard Yankees fan that he was, decided to switch my younger sister's birthday party uh, last minute to the week or to the day of David. <laughs> perfect. Now, do you hold it against your sister all these years later? Because remember, if she didn't have the birthday, then this wouldn't be necessary. Oh, of course, because so my family is a split family. Me and my mother are diehard Mets fans. The other side, my uh, excuse me, my dad, my brother, my sister, Yankees fans. So 100%, whenever I can, absolutely have to bring it up for that. If her birthday was any other time of the year, I would have seen a perfect game. And see, and even though you're a Met fan, and Kev, thanks a lot for the phone call, even though you're a Met fan, you still had a chance to see history, which would have been cool. You know what I mean? A perfect game in person. And in a way, it helped the Mets because – did it against Montreal, which back in the day was, of course, in the NL East with the Mets. Joe, which one of them? Because I'm now again, 25 years is a long time ago. R- w- the Cone one or the Wells one? Which one was also like the Beanie Baby giveaway day? So funny story about that one. That's the David Wells one. The David Wells one. Okay. And that could have been my first ever baseball game, but me, my dad, and my mom went the day before. We missed it by a day. <laughs> you missed it by a day. <laughs> but the Beanie Baby, I remember, was a, I mean, that was like a huge, huge craze at the time. And I remember leading up to it, it's like people were like tripping over themselves to try to get tickets for that because Yankees were doing Beanie Babies. That was a big giveaway, big promotion. I could have had also, that one with the baseball and the whole thing where they give you out for the first game. Nope, missed it by a day. Yep. And oh, then well. Beanie Baby had to take a back seat because David Wells gave you a perfect game. Shame on David Wells. All right, that was a fun one this morning. Hope you all enjoyed it. We had fun. Thanks to Harvey and Joe. We'll talk to you again coming up on Monday. Anita's next right here on 98.7 ESPN. Bye. And a one-night band full of a bunch of geezers.